With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. One for podcasting. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Two Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for allowing uh, to go uh, me go down memory lane. Here. I promise when I leave, I will not do this. I will be just, God, this is the one and only time, but I'm enjoying the hell out of this. And I appreciate you, Trent, for um, allowing me to do it. I, I am loving this so much. I love the background. I love the stories. I, I love kind of finding out how this all came to be and mm-hmm. going down memory lane a quarter century later. You know, John Miller just, I just saw a text, or a tweet rather, that he put, I forgot all about this. Our show at one point was simulcast in Kansas City. That's crazy. Our morning show was on in KC on an AM station for, I don't know, six months to eight months or whatever yeah. it was. And I don't know why it was. I didn't get anything extra for doing it, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, that syndication work—you you think it's great, and you hear about TVs yeah. and sitcoms. Not so much in the radio. Well, world. There, there was a time, uh, Rick. Let's get Rick Silverstein. Rick, good to talk to you. Just one more on this, since I'm down this path here. So there was a there was a period of time that we were flying to Las Vegas on Sunday to do a show. Sunday at, I think we went on the air at nine Pacific. Mike Golick's brother Bob. Yeah. Was doing his show. We were at the Mandalay Bay. There was a, there still is a sports talk station or studio there. So we would fly out, do our show, fly to L.A. and catch a red eye on a now defunct airline that flew into Des Moines. I don't remember what the name of it was. Yeah, land in Des Moines at like five thirty in the morning, make a beeline to Indianola to be on the air at six. Jeez. I lasted two weeks. Two. Weeks. I'm not doing this. This this isn't for me. But yeah, we thought we were, you know, where are we? Uh-huh. We're going to the big time. Uh, Rick Silvestrini joins me. Hello, buddy. How are you? Very good. How are you? Good. Well, I wanted, uh, you're the only person I wanted to have on today. Of course, some of the people that have called in, grateful for doing that. But um, of all the shows that, that, I've, that I've been part of, Rick, the one that I remember, I think I remember, and I wanted to have you on, was one that was sadly one of the saddest events in this wonderful country's history you and i and bob dyer on the air um on 9 11 on the morning of september the 11th and i wanted to have you on just to you know to to make sure that i remembered it the way that you do because after all it's been 20 years coming up in september right yeah it's hard to believe it's been 20 years you know when i told my wife i was coming on the radio she said well do you want to write some some notes down and i said (laughs) that day is entrenched in my mind forever i I just will never forget it as if it happened yesterday and i don't need any notes yeah that was a crazy morning uh you and me and bob uh normal i got in about five that day Mm -hmm. you guys came in a little before six (laughs) and i believe it was 
in the six to seven hour, uh, somewhere in there, uh, the phone rang and you guys were talking probably oh. college football, Iowa State. It was it was, was it was up. late in the seven o'clock hour, Rick, and you're hundred percent right. Okay. The phone rang. Yes, the phone rang, and uh, there was no there's no glass there at the time, but I would pick up, talk slowly or uh, quietly, softly, and, yeah, softly. And the gentleman said to me, "Hey, Rick, I don't know if you know this, but." Um, you know, there, there's a plane that, that hit one of the Twin Towers. You might want to check that out. And he wasn't panicky or excited. It was just kind of a quick phone call. And I said, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And then we went to a break, and I remember you said, well, who, who called, Rick? And I said, I don't know. Some guy said uh, a plane hit the Twin Tower. And I'm thinking in my head all this time that it's a little like Cessna right. that, you know, clipped off in the Twin Tower. But this gentleman wasn't excited or said you got to turn the news on and then we flipped the news over because we had a tv in the studio yes yeah we had a tv in the corner we flipped the news over and then we saw of course the carnage of the first plane Mm -hmm. and then we started talking and reporting off what we saw on the television Yep. and at that time you know, we didn't really. I think we had a news affiliate associated with the station. CNN, Rick. I think, the air. I think yeah. it was CNN, actually. Yes. And, and we just kept talking about it. And if you remember, Ken, we were on the air literally when the Vividly. second plane yes. hit. Yes. Yes. We were on the air when it happened. And it was so unbelievable and surreal. And, and we just kept going. And then at one point, we decided, I think, to take a break just to kind of collect our thoughts and figure out what to do. And, I remember there was some panic, and you were talking, and I was talking, and I'll never forget, God rest his soul, yep. Bob Dyer in his gravelly voice said, would you guys calm down? Yeah, because <laughs> he, thought, he thought it was a little plane, and I said, Bob, that yeah. wasn't a little plane. That's a no. jetliner. And, um, and, and I mean, no one would, it was so difficult to process, right? Rick, what we, A, what yeah. we were tipped off to, and B, then what we said and, and how we reacted when we were live on the air trying, cause we were on until nine, yeah. trying to do our, you know, our sports show when the world was about to change and had, you know, and, and had the, the process had begun. Um, and I, I, I'll never forget just, I didn't know what to do, Rick. I didn't know what to do. No, well, none of us did, and I remember we were trying to figure out should we try to get to the national news, and it was just three of us in at that time yep. in the morning, and we didn't know how to get, um, I didn't know technically how to get us hooked up, and remember at one point we took the microphone yes. and put it up to my, the television set. My <laughs> mic, yes. And, and, and broadcast the, the, the national news that way yep. for a while, figuring, well, that might be a better way than us trying to explain what's going on. And that went on for, I don't know, I can't remember how long. And I think finally at 9 o'clock when the rest of the, or 8 or 9, when the normal staff came in, we figured out a way to get mm-hmm. to the national news. Um, but it was it was crazy. And, and I this still happens to me today. I don't know if it happens to you, Kent. Every once in a while, somebody Absolutely. will come up to me, especially in September, yep. and say, you know, Rick, it was you and Ken and Bob were the first people yep. I ever heard about 9-11. You're 100% and that is right. just crazy to think about that. Rick, I get it all the time. All the time. It's just amazing uh, that people are still listening that long and still recall that that's where they learned about one of the saddest days in, in, in the country's mm-hmm. history was from you and I and Bob Dyer um, 
you know, not doing play by play, but describing what we were witnessing yeah. because we had a, a TV in the studio mounted up on the wall, usually on ESPN because right. we didn't want to miss anything because we didn't have computers. Remember that, Rick? There was no, no computers no. at the time. No, and no cell phones. Right. You know, really, I, if there were, they were just the, the you know, at the infant stages. Well, you or I ago, couldn't afford and, one. I know that. No. <laughs> And the only, you know, the only thing I regret, and, and I remember after, remember we were all in the conference room kind of watching it, and just seeing different people's reaction. You know, a lot of people are scared, you yeah. know. I, I remember even a couple trying to inflect some humor, and I think that was just to break the tension sure. of the moment. And the one thing I regret is, you know, we used to tape the shows yes. then via cassette tape. And we never found that cassette tape. I accused yeah, you of I, I accused you of absconding I, with it, <laughs> and I know you well, didn't. I somebody's got it. Somebody does have it. Yeah, I'm not sure I want to hear it again, but I kind of do. Um, right. But yeah, we there was no there was no computer generate because it's a it's a rule it's a law that you have to record all the shows and if something comes up you have to be able to go back and you know if there's an FCC yeah. violation or something you have to have what went out over the or, airwaves yeah or and, showing your sponsors that you absolutely the that they paid for and yeah yep. and now it's and all computer generated mm-hmm. and we had computer yep. and, we had cassettes tape you're 100 percent right. Yeah, we had a little cassette tape, and I don't remember because of just the panic of that day why we never found the tape or if anybody went back. Or you're right, maybe somebody has that tape and is keeping it. I don't know, but I I know I never found it and and never heard the... Never heard that show again. No, I didn't. And Rick, I, I, because they were all, you know, it was they were stored by day, right? September, yes. September 10, yep. September. So between September 10 and September 12, where the tape is supposed to be, wasn't there. And that's no. when I started to wonder who the hell's got this thing. And um, anyways, um, yeah, just a remarkable day. So let's talk about our partner at the time, because um, honest to God, Rick, he, Bob Dyer meant so much to me in my career. Do you remember his line all the time? You got to play the hits, Ken. We have to play the hits. You know, if there was a game between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals, I knew the voice of the Cincinnati, or the, I shouldn't say the, but a local, one of the regional teams, right, and, and the right. Bengals were playing them. I had a connection to the Bengals radio guy, and I would rather have him on than I where I was state conversation, right? As sure, stupid yeah. as that sounds. Um, but Dyer would, Dyer just kept, pounding it and hammering we have to play the hits we can do an iowa and an iowa state segment every day regardless if it's in the summer or if it's in the middle of the season the audience wants to hear about the clones and the hawks we have and and for whatever reason it clicked and he was 100 percent right and i owe my longevity in this business to him because you have to play the hits and those are the hits he was right. Yes. And I, I recall uh, talking, I can't recall his name, I recall talking to an old editor at the register years and years ago. And even back then, of course, you know, pre-computers and social media and everything, it was all Iowa, Iowa State. Yep. He, said, he said the same thing. He goes, we could write about them every day of the week and people would read it. Yeah. We have no we have no worry about writing an article about Iowa or Iowa State. And you're right, Bob, Bob was right. It's just the state is... Uh, Passionate about those two schools, among others, right? You know, yep. And I, Drake, yep. so on. But but those two lead the lead the way, if you like it or not. And and, and he was he was right about that. You know, Bob was um, not only a, a help your career and many people's career. He was just a good. Yes, guy. he was. He was one of the good guys in the business. I never heard anybody talk mm-hmm. negatively about Bob. And 
and was a great storyteller. I would love to just sit around and talk with him, and he would talk any subject with you, anything, yeah. whether it's music. Of course, he loved movies yep. uh, and music and, of course, sports, and he had so many different other interests that he would talk to you about. Um, it was so it's so fun, and Bob would come in early a lot. You know, he would get there a lot earlier, and we would have about 20 minutes to chat. And sometimes we'd just sit in the lobby and talk. Yeah. And it was, it was those are great conversations. No, they were. In fact, the station meant so much to him. And he, at the end, uh, while we were in bankruptcy, he was navigating the station. We were still on the air for a while. Uh, Scott Pierce, um, yeah. we were still, still on the air, but at the station, it was the, one of the highlights, I think, of his professional life was A, talking sports in Des Moines and then be getting to, to, to guide it in its final months, right. weeks, days. Do you know this, Rick? Did you, were you aware of this when, when Bob died? We, we all had those jock windbreakers. I don't know if you were still there at the time, but we had, we had jock yep. windbreak. Bob okay. died wearing his jock windbreaker. Really? In his house. Really? Yes. Um, I did, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I know I talked when his wife called me, um, Mary Pat. Several weeks after, yep. yeah, she called me to ask if I had any old tapes left or anything, and I, I really didn't have anything in my possession here at home. But I think she was just looking for, yep. you know, some memorabilia pieces and things to keep, and and we had a nice, very nice conversation. Yeah, say likewise, and you know, it's um, I'm so glad because for whatever reason, you, you I mean, it's my fault, but you, you. Um, you fall out of touch with people, right? And, you know, five years would pass. Boy, I should call Dyer. And then it would be right. seven or eight years. Oh, I wish I would have called him five years ago. And ah, it's too late to do now. I don't want to embarrass. Well, I picked up the phone and I called him. And yes. this is, this is Rick, literally weeks before he passed. And we talked for, I don't know, 90 minutes, laughed and just <laughs> caught up. And I will never allow myself to do that again. If I think that I should have called somebody and it's been too many years ago, I'm going to do it. And I have done it since, but I'm so glad that, that Bob and I got to shoot the breeze and I got to thank him for what he meant and just instilling that and driving home that message. You gotta play the hits. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you know, Bob had, I don't know if he did this with everybody, but he had his own nickname for people and he was the only person that ever called me streeny really <laughs> that his, well that, that stuck was, i don't know how it started but he did that every morning yeah and nobody i've had other nicknames in my life but nobody's ever called me that yeah <laughs> no. kind of his thing uh you know what i miss about you rick is your pizza place you had phenomenal well, pizza. thank you no you well, did I appreciate that I used to have some fun. Yeah, nice. you, you, and I remember your your family. son working for yep. me and, yep. and family coming down. Appreciate all. We had a lot of good times down there for for nine years. So, yeah, absolutely, Rick. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. You're, You're the one person I wanted to have on today because it was such a like I say, just a, um, for so many wrong reasons, the most infamous day right. I've ever been on the air. Uh, Rick, good to talk to you, my friend. Thank you. You too. Yep. Thank you. Take care. Yep. Good to Bye. see you, Rick Silvestrini, uh, who followed. Now, should have asked him. Pat Paris, Rick Silvestrini, Keith Murphy, or Rick Silvestrini, Pat Paris, Keith Murphy? At WHO. 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 Rick was... Because he was at WOI. Keith was. Okay. I got my timeline mixed up. I think it went Strini, Paris, and Keith's been there since. Gotcha. So this this goes back into the 80s. Yeah. Uh, and Rick then opened up a pizza plate and was doing mornings with us. He was kind of our update guy because updates were still a thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, anyways, good to hear from Rick Silvestrini. So uh, to reset, because I had a caller and a couple of people, 
things are not falling apart. You're not retiring today. No, no, no. Today is the 25th anniversary of Sports Talk Radio beginning here in Central Iowa. I guess so, I should have reset that. Yeah, yeah, kick it off. I know we got a lot more listeners that join us in the 11 o'clock hour, people taking their lunches and the like. So if you missed that part, wondering what's going mm-hmm. on. Sorry. Today, June 24th, 1996, the light went on. Full-time sports yep. talk radio in Central Iowa. Yep, it did. And um, with one station that wasn't supposed to make it, uh, and the research, according to Phil Hoover from the Des Moines Radio Group, said this is just not big enough a market to support a full-time sports talk radio station. It would have got here eventually. I'm convinced it would have got here eventually. But it took a non-corporate entity like the ragtag group that we had together uh, at the jock to to get it going and then to prove to people because it's look at there's a lot of industries that are copycat industries right no one wants to be first but they very quickly want to jump on if indeed there is something that might be working and if these guys can do it think about good we can do it so i want to um take a break and when we come back i'll tell you how we got here um what it was like when we got here because it wasn't, we weren't really welcomed by some of our staff. Um, I don't know why. Well, I kind of do. But, well, we'll do that on the other side. Uh, how we got here in 2005 or six. Anyways, that's coming up. Um, thank you for indulging me here today. Indeed it is. 25 days since Sports Talk Radio was born in Des Moines, I believe the state of Iowa. We were first, I was there, and we'll tell you how we got here when we come back on 1460 KX and Owen 106. In iHeartMedia. Then welcome back, 1460 KXNO 106.3 on the FM dial, taking you up until noon. So where were we? We were about, I guess, to get here, right? Yes, KXNO making the way over. A quick uh, note, Rick Silvestrini was the sports director at WHO 13 from October 88 to 1994. So then it must have been Keith after Keith Pat? after well, Pat Paris was there for a while. Uh, anyways, those yeah. were the three. Um, yep. So thank you to Rick Silvestrini for coming on. Appreciate that. Uh, so we were off the air for probably three months, uh, maybe four months. Uh, Fourteen ninety had, had folded up again. Um, God, the, the, the name of the family's on the tip of my tongue. Regardless. We're we're out of uh, we're out of commission. We're on the sidelines for a while, and you know KXNO is the station that survived, right? And whenever one of the whatever hosts were here, somebody would go on vacation. They'd have you know, somebody from the market would come in and and do that show. And I'm wondering what the hell are they calling us? <laughs> because you know we were we had a really good show. It was really different from where we are now. Sports talk has changed so much than what it was. So a guy by the name of Ben Carroll, the baseball Benny is his name, is on the radio. I got a call from from Ben Carroll, and he informed me that the Saturday morning high school show that was here, mm-hmm. Mike Rickert and Tony Itzeni, they had a three-hour block of programming on Saturday mornings. And for whatever reason, 
I mean, you think I make stupid decisions, and I'll tell you about the one. I got one coming up here. Um, but they decided to leave KXNO, and they decided to go up the dial to do their Saturday morning show. Mm-hmm. So Tony is good friends with the baseball Benny and tells, tells him the move that they're making. So Benny calls me. Ben Curl calls me and says, hey, I got a tip for you. There's an opening in the mornings at KXNO because Tony and Rickard are moving to 1700. And she said, I don't know what they're going to do, but I just thought you'd like to know. So I jump on my computer and I and I go to KXNO's website mm-hmm. and I find the market manager's email address, fellow by the name of Joel McRae. Uh-huh. And I emailed Joel McRae and I said, and I introduced myself, my name's Ken Miller, along with my partner, Marty Terrell. We started Sports Talk Radio in 1996. We just wanted to let you know that not sure what you're doing with that uh, time slot on Saturday morning. But if you would, um, if there's an opportunity, we would like to talk to you. I hit send. 20 seconds later, oh, wow. I get an email back from Joel McRae. Can you guys, can you guys stop by tomorrow morning <laughs> to, to, discuss, uh, to discuss your email? Well, he couldn't because he was back east at, at the time. Okay. Um, you know, pulling his shenanigans, I'm assuming, back then. Um, and maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. That he wasn't around for if, that meeting. For that meeting. So I showed up at the meeting, and he was on the phone. It was Van Harden and Joel McRae and, and Terrell and I. Terrell on the phone and me. Bill, we'll get to you in just a second. Please be patient. I want to finish this. So um, I sit in the meeting. Became very apparent very quickly that they wanted us to come over here. Mm-hmm. So we got over here and did Saturday mornings, just Saturday mornings for, I don't know how, I don't remember how long it was. I don't think it was a year, maybe six months, but McCray's always got, he always talks about this chessboard that he has, right? If he could move pieces around, talking about shows, mm-hmm. each show is a chess piece. And if something happens, he's going to move his chess piece this way. So Apparently in the building, it was known that Steve Dace didn't want to talk sports for the rest of his career. He wanted to, you know, go down the hall to mm-hmm. do to do uh, WHO in afternoons. So Joe McRae had his replacement. He had us on Saturday mornings, and I don't know if we were doing probation or whatever, because it wasn't. I mean, Jeff Kahn did not want us here. He didn't didn't want us here. For I, we were good. Right? It's intimidating. It. I think that's it. I yes. didn't want to say it because I don't want my head. To no, be, no. Right. Um, okay. Why are these guys? Why aren't you calling us? We'd love to come in and do a show. We did, we're on in Des Moines before. You realize that, right? Um, but he didn't want us. So we were Joel's chess piece when Dace went down the hall. So Dace goes down the hall, and we f- came over. We moved from Saturday mornings to afternoon drive in two thousand six, I guess. Um, and took over and moved the needle like I don't think they thought what we would. The salespeople, everybody's making legitimately, I want to say that, making money. Our show is sold out. You can't get on our show, right? We did sports radio differently. We had no, we, there was nobody we wouldn't take on, including colleagues, Right, we took on Larry, and I wish I wouldn't have now. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking back, but that's what we did, 
And it was popular back then. It wouldn't be now, I don't think. But we would throw bombs and grenades. And yeah, we would talk sports because that's what I like to do. And I would program the show with guests knowing that, okay, if it gets out of hand here at 420, I can bring it back with this. Right? Right. And that's kind of how that all started um, with, with the guests. And I like to have structure where I know it's going to go. So, I mean, we're driving cars. Car dealerships are lining up to, here, drive our car, would you? For free. We don't want you to pay for it. <laughs> it we're making, I've never made so much money in radio as I did there, during those times. Station gets nominated for our Marconi Award. It's Kotler and Company in the morning. It's John Miller from 2 to 4. And it's Marty and Miller from 4 until 7. And the station was doing great. Now, there was still another level that it would get to. Uh, as far as people listening to this station. But that's how we got here. And that's how we took over in the afternoons. And we stayed on until the afternoons until 2009. March of 2009. And I'll tell that story after we hear from Bill, who's been very patient. And I want to get you in here. Bill, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Well, no no problem, guys. Good morning. I'm enjoying the trip down memory lane. I, I got one for you real quick. I don't know if you remember... But there was a great big bar and discotheque owned by Denny Arthur, and it was across from Valley West Mall in kind of a another little shopping area yes. that had a health fitness. I don't remember the name of the bar, but it was real big and popular. Yep. And uh, I think Marty was there one night. I'm there with my brother, and this was uh, in 96, in the fall of 96. So we just started. Uh, you had just started, and it wasn't six months later. And the Kansas City Chiefs made the playoffs, and they were going to host the Indianapolis Colts and Jim Harbaugh. At Arrowhead, okay? Uh-huh. And Marty, I don't know whether Marty asked a question or you had to guess a number. I mean, it was something random. But my brother guessed it, and we got a ticket for the ball game. All you had to do, and they had a bus going down and everything, you know, from yeah. right there in that parking lot. And, and this would have been probably January of 97 by now. But uh, So that's a memory of mine. But then four years later, the Rams and uh, Kurt Warner make the playoffs, and they're hosting the Vikings down at St. Louis at the BNRCA Dome, is what it was called then, I think. Yeah. And Marty had a contest, a sports <laughs> contest, with about 20 guys in it out at Billy Joe's Picture Show. And I showed up, and I got a real good memory, and I'm old. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lethal weapon when it comes to the trivia, you know. So they, it, they kept whittling guys down, whittling guys down, and I ended up being the last one and won two tickets to the Ram-Viking game. Wow. And Marty Hammond, he was there with his wife, Bunny, you remember? Yeah, of God, but my wife and Bunny are great friends to this day. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were there, and Marty yeah. pulled, up, pulled out his wallet and gave me the two tickets right there. It's unbelievable. You it know was what? a one-night kind of thing. Yeah, that's, uh, we did a lot of that. And in the beginning, I think the winners were actually rewarded with their prize. I can't say that was always the case. Bill, great to hear from you. Thanks for chiming in. Uh, appreciate it. Rob Luther, the head coach of mm-hmm. Collins, Maxwell Baxter. I met Rob Luther in 1997. He won a contest on the jock to go to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 31. Luther, uh, that was Green Bay and, uh, and uh, New England. Okay. That was Favre's only Super Bowl. And we took winners to the Super Bowl, and they got their tickets and got hit. Yes. Which was really good. Because we know about yeah. the negative stories. Yeah. And you, they know more than, you know a lot of those. Yes. Because that's when he was really, really in a bad But spot. there was good stories, too. Absolutely there were. Um, this is not one of them. It's March of 2009, and this is still on the KXNO wiki page. So 
you and I is in the, is um, part of March Madness. You and I is in Portland, Trent, to they take were, on yeah. Purdue. Yep. And there was a charter flight out of Waterloo, and we, I think we carried, the, we the jock, uh, the jock, we KXNO carried you and I sports. And we got a seat on the charter. Hello, Ross Peterson. We got a seat, one seat on the charter. And Terrell went to the game. He mm. went to Portland to watch you and I and, um, and Purdue. Well, we also carried Westwood One Sports at the time. We had that, uh, that, um, um, that entity in the building. And so we carried March Madness and knocked off the local shows that day. Well, the advertising was to the extent that we got to play these commercials. We got, can you guys, would you guys come in at nine o'clock and do kind of a two hour preview show for that day of, you know, whatever games were being played? Of course, we're not working that day. Yeah, I'd be happy to come in because I'm going to go home and watch the tournament. And thankfully, we're airing the tournament. So nine o'clock rolls around and. Terrell got home from Waterloo uh, to the station here about 8.45. We're sitting in the bullpen, which is, you know, another studio right beside us where we would sit until John got off the air. It's kind of the shift change, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, until one show would come on. Um, And and he was spitting fire. Uh, He was pissed off at something. And, you know, I'd heard that so many times. There was kind of like water off my back. Yeah. Like in one ear and out the other. And I didn't know what it was about. So... Kotler signs off at uh, 8.58, and he gets up to leave, and John Miller was in the studio at this point because John Miller, myself, and Terrell are going to preview, recap what happened with you and I the day before as they got beaten a real low-scoring close game. It was, yeah. Like 40, I don't know what it was, 40, I don't, it was very low-scoring. 61-56. Uh, there's more points than I thought there was. Um, anyways, shift change. Kotler and Marty did not get along. I don't know why. Oil and I water. Kinda, yeah, I kind of do. Two, you talk about two opposite ends of the spectrum. Right, right. I don't know if Marty was jealous of him. I mean, could be. I Because Marty probably wanted that Drake job. I'm going to guess. That play-by-play oh, job. you know what? I never thought of that. I, I'm almost... I would put money on it. You know what, Trent? I didn't think of that. I Maybe. bet that's what it is. All right. So, so anyways, um, they had a tiff. And of all things, over the most ridiculous thing you can ever imagine... The high school tournament is going on at at Wells Fargo Arena. And we had a couple of press passes because, after all, we are the dominant sports station. And he wanted them. And Larry was going to use them, legitimately use them to go cover the day, the Mm -hmm. event. And I guess Terrell had promised them to somebody that had no business sitting on press row. And it ignited. Terrell comes in. And we've got buttons in front of us, on, off, a cough button that I can hit if I'm about, or anybody, if you're about to sneeze, you hit this, and you sneeze, right, and nobody Mm -hmm. knows. And he put his bag, briefcase, whatever it was, on these buttons, and it activated the on air. So, the mics are live. And the mics go live. When Larry and Marty come together and the F-bombs started to fly. And John, I think John was kind of taken back by this because I don't think he'd ever heard Terrell like this before. Um, And they started arguing and screaming with each other and, and F this and F that and blah, blah, blah. 
it was on in a big, big way. And sadly, everybody was listening that morning, heard exactly how bad it was. And I'm assuming if you dig down, <laughs> that somewhere out on the internet, uh, internet is actually the audio. Um, and it cost Jeff Kahn the best job he'll ever have in his life, who was producing the show. And Larry and Marty both were, were fired that particular morning. And the jock change. I keep calling it the jock. I love the jock change. I know you do. I love the jock. Yeah. Um, but I love this station too. And I'm so grateful I get to spend my final years here. Um, station changed. Murph and Andy. Yes. Was that in the works before you know, this blew up? Trent, I don't know that for sure. Because I, I think I've heard Keith say something on air that there had been preliminary talks. I wouldn't, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Remember that chessboard I talked about a Absolutely. few minutes ago with McRae? Yeah. Sitting yes. just off to the side in case. Now, I don't know if... I, I do get the sense that maybe there was going to be a change in the mornings. Okay. And because... You know, there there was there was strikes that were got one more strike. Yeah, do this again. That's going to be the end. Um, so I do get the sense that's probably true. No, that, that, that I I would be surprised if it's not true. That there was talk of of Murph and Andy coming in, taking John's slot, John going to mornings. Okay, because John would go to mornings with Steve Dace. Yes, for a little bit. Dace would come over, and they had that famous show when they were snowed in. I've heard the story, and many they times. stayed up all night, and, yeah. and they and uh, it was really they had a slumber party here. They had a slumber party here, exactly right. So that was probably in the works, but that sped up the process because there's no Terrell, and there's no Kotler and company because they're both gone, and I didn't have partner, and the search began, and Joel and I met with Matt Peralt. Uh, just down the street on Ingersoll, that's a steakhouse. One, what's the one by the airport? Johnny's. Okay. There's, it's the same deal. Johnny's on Ingersoll and, and out by the airport. Had lunch with Matt Peralt. I like the guy. Uh, he's kind of a fireball, like Terrell, that respect. That's mm-hmm. the sports talk I'm used to. Yeah, Joel, I'm in. This works for me. So Peralt and I were here for a couple of years, and then he had an opportunity to go back home to Boston, which he did. And um, we have a whole bunch of candidates we weed through the candidates, and I settled because <laughs> I'd had to have somebody, uh-huh. and I'm glad I did, right? I mean, I'm so glad that I worked with Jimmy B. He's a character. He's a character. And, and Jim Brinson got here, and that's how he got here. And then there's one more chapter to be told, and my incredibly bad decision, everything works out for a reason and happens for a reason. And I was destined to make the worst, absolute worst career decision of my life. And look what it did for KXNO. That, on the other side of Ray, who wants to chime in with a question about the jock. Ray, fire away. I've been listening since day one at the jock. Thank you. I, I've been following you guys all over the dial. I mean, sometimes I'm, my fingers got broken trying to switch the <laughs> dial so fast. But my wife listens to sports and watches sports from afar, and she brought something up a couple months ago that shocked me. She goes, whatever happened to that female sports director here in town? I think her name was Heidi. Oh, Heidi Solomon? Yes. I know she used yes. to be on a jock on a weekly basis yes. for one segment. Yes. yes. And where is she these days? Uh, she's retired. Uh, and Ray, you've got a feedback, so I'm going to let you go. Thank you for listening to all of those years. I truly appreciate it. Um, that's kind of a long story. 
Heidi, as sadly as what happens in news when women get a little bit older, um, Heidi uh, took a buyout from KCCI. She joined Bob Dyer and I every single week, and Dyer loved it. He just thought this was the greatest thing because he found the Heidi, 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 ho. Oh. Do you remember that song? Yes. So, so that was her bump me, and he was so proud of himself for coming up with that. <laughs> yeah, Heidi joined us every uh, every single week, and she was great, and she still is. I know she's still, well, she was in the market. Her husband's a dentist. I know she had a son. Um but yeah, Heidi was with KCCI and she joined us weekly and um, I don't think she's back in, in TV and I don't know what she does, but she's a very nice person. And I think maybe she was on with Murph and Andy not too long ago. Oh, really? I think. Oh, I okay. saw some Twitter about that. Maybe it's been a while. All right. Um, how the jock changed and where it is today. The jo- I did it KX again. KXNO. We need to get you. Just look at your mic flag. <laughs> did I tell you I really liked the jock? Yeah, I, I can tell. Yeah. And... I've been able to tell that now for the number of years that we've been together. Mm. There is something special about that. There place really for you. was. There truly was. It's where it started. Indeed, it is. A quarter century ago. One more segment of Memory Lane when we come back on fourteen sixty KX and one one. Fun you can bet on. Save my favorite song for last. Thank you, Trent Condon. You bet. And thank you for being with me for the last couple of years. It's been fun. And for carrying me and for being kind to me as I've aged in this uh, uh, in this format. Anyway, so one more chapter in five minutes to get to it. So I'm about to make the biggest mistake of my entire career. Uh, and everything happens for a reason. And the, 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 what happened because of that move was the station became the station that it is today. And it's never been better, in, in my opinion. Um, 2008, we were nominated for our Marconi with a good lineup. This station is so much better now. I mean, look what the morning rush is doing. The, the numbers, the people that, um, that Heather has brought to this format is just incredible. To me, she is, the second now you can put them any way you want the of the there's two most important people in my opinion in sports talk radio in the history of des moines she's one of them yeah i mean a woman taking over in a prime trend i don't know how many markets there are 100 and something right before her you can't find any a, a woman doing sports talk in a market of any size because it was just the blowback from the men, right? Yes. That's the way the uh, times have changed. She's her, what she has done has been so important for this station, and the show is just her and Travis and Sean, the chemistry that they have. And then I like to think that we hold up our end of the bargain from ten to noon, and then we turn it over to Keith and Andy, and they're absolutely massive in the market. And Ross and Chris, and Ross is as good a broadcaster as you're going to find in this building. And Chris brought. The remainder of the fan base that wasn't listening to sports talk radio because you know, kind of you don't want to hear mean stuff about their team, right? Yeah, and I'll never listen to those. You know what's because they don't know anything. You're one in eleven. I can't put lipstick on this. Okay, your coach needs to go, and you know it, but you just won't admit it. But Chris and Ross have an amazing following. The station's doing remarkably well, and if I wouldn't have, if I wouldn't have. And no one was going to talk me out of it. And a day like today is one of the reasons I wanted to do it, because I thought it would be really cool for us, who started this on June the 24th, 1996, 
to reach June the 24th, 2021 and kind of have this together. Yeah. But it was a terrible mistake. But look what it did at KXNO. Look what it did. Because there would have been changes, but I wasn't going to be kicked out of one of those spots. I was still going to be doing afternoon drive, but I opened up the door by my stupid move. And look what the station's become. It's really good. It is. This is as good. And I had to twist your arm to come here. Do you remember that? I did. Because I, I there was parts about it. There were, well, there were people in this building that hurt my feelings, that didn't think I could make it. Yeah, I remember one of them. And I wanted to stick it to them. Yep. And I wanted to show them, yeah, I can. Yeah. I can do this. I can do this job and I can do it well. And I and don't I knew it. you could. And that's why I had no problem not go. Yeah, I had to go to bat for you. Mm-hmm. We want you, Ken, but no, no, no. I'm not coming without I can bring Trent because I'm telling you about guys. You don't know what I know about A, how hard you work and you do, <laughs> and B, how good you are. I wanted, I want to work. I'm going to watch games. Yes. Right? That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to talk about games. You and I aren't. We're not funny. We don't have a lot of depth. Yeah. We don't do and more to, like 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 the brilliance of of two to four does, and we don't have the the fun times that six to eight have. Right, right. Um, We're hardcore sports. Yes, and I'm so glad that there's still a market for that. But our colleagues have so much more depth than us. But I'd twist your arm to come here, and I'm so glad you did. Thank you for doing that, too. <laughs> I told you this it, place you, was something. You you really did, and it really is. It's it's different. There's a reason. These call letters, they mean something. Mm-hmm. The backing means something. The people yep. downstairs, they mean a lot. They believe in the talent. They support the talent. They do the things that you hope to have. It's a great place to work. It's a great station, and, and thank you for helping me yeah. get here, too. Um, thank you. Um, so that's kind of going to put a exclamation point on 25 years of doing this. And again, um, thank you to our audience who stuck with us this morning when we're not talking sports um, that you're used to in this time slot. I promise we will tomorrow. But it was um, it was pr- pretty meaningful to me to to, to reach this point. To get to to get here, I mean, twenty five years it's it's doing anything's pretty good, and uh, fortunate. And thank you to Bob Dyer, and to Matt Peralt, and to Jim Brinson, um, Terrell. You know, thank. He's an awful person, and he got what he deserved. Mm-hmm. He, no one can dispute that fact, but no one can dispute the fact that sports talk started. Uh, because of his vision and what started is on a thousand watt AM radio station very quickly turned into 106.9 to 107.1 and 940 was a part of it and 1700 was a part of it and 1460 was a part of it Uh, I think 98.3 tried to do a sports station Uh, Jerry Wright maybe and and the round guy did they do a that show? That sounds right. Yeah, I think absolutely. briefly yeah. they did a little bit. Um, but after being told by by radio executives that the, Des Moines is just not big enough to support full-time sports talk radio. Just not big enough. They're, they're making a mistake. Well, survived. Um, survived. Thrived. Thank 25 you. years later. Yeah, it's been an Congratulations to you. Thank you. 
Thank you very much. If my career was a golf game, I've just chipped onto the 18th green. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, thanks for being with us. Thank you for allowing me to do this. Murph and Andy at 1, Fanatics at 3, 1460 KXNO, Barnstormer Weekly tonight, too, in 106.3 FM.